0: Hi, and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to find and follow your purpose. I'm your host, Kitty Waters. I'm a serial entrepreneur and co founder of the Network for Transformational Leaders, also the creator of Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. Every week, I interview some of the world's leading thought leaders who not only share their life stories but practical tips and advice on how you can become the highest version of yourself and build a life in alignment with your soul. Our mission is to inspire a generation of changemakers to follow their passion and purpose and make a difference on the planet. Be sure to head over to kittytalks.com and open your free account so you can see behind the scenes videos of our interviews and get your free Pearls of Wisdom ebook. Join our community of change makers, making a difference on the planet, making a a difference. Good afternoon and welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that inspire you to create yours. And today I have with me a very powerful uh, energy healer. Jerry. welcome.
1: Hi Kitty, how are you?
0: I'm great, thank you. Um, for those of you that don't know, Jerry Sargent is a transformational energy healer and you're about to hear an incredible journey of transformation. But Gerry, thank you so much for joining us this, this afternoon.
1: It's a pleasure, it's, uh, it's great to be here.
0: And We've just had a quick chat and um we're oh, I'm really excited about this conversation because I think you're going to hear a lot more about what Jerry is up to in the world and the impact that he's having positive impact he's having on the planet but Jerry for the listeners could you just tell us a little bit more about your work and what you're doing at the moment?
1: Yeah so I'm kind of just traveling a lot at the moment all over the place really and um, running workshops uh, training people to heal using I don't like to call it a healing modality um, because I don't like to put things in boxes and have systems but I suppose it would be my healing modality, which we, which I call star magic, which is something I've kind of developed and remembered and rediscovered after a crazy old journey through my life. So I'm traveling around at the moment, running meditation workshops, um, running retreats to help people remember how to use star magic, not teach people because I feel that like I can't really teach anything. I can just help people wake up the innate and natural abilities that reside inside of their own genetic makeup, you know, deep the, in their DNA. So I'm traveling around, running these workshops, writing books, um you know, doing all sorts, really. And my, my my primary purpose is just to help elevate consciousness on this planet, and and do it through love, unconditional love. You know, that's the the key message really through all of my work. And it's uh, it's about returning back to who and what we truly are at the core of our beings, and that is light, sound, energy, information. And, you know, that ripple that runs through all of that is unconditional love. And we need to remember to, to love each other, love ourselves and, and just walk around this planet with zero judgment and just accepting everybody as who they are on their own individual paths. And with the work that I'm doing with Star Magic, I'm connecting people to that frequency of unconditional love so that they can know their own power. Because I don't want people to walk around this planet not knowing how truly incredible they are and every single one of us is completely and utterly unique special magical we've all got so much strength and wisdom locked inside of us and when I do the work that I'm doing I'm helping people connect to this frequency and they're discovering who they really are powerful lights yeah
0: wonderful and and you know we touched on this earlier. Like I truly believe that we are more powerful than we've ever been taught. You know, from birth, you know, we are incredible energetic beings. And by the sounds of things, your work is helping people get back in touch with actually, you know, what they're capable of.
1: Absolutely, rediscovering their power, so they can become free. You know, freedom's a big thing for me. You know, so many people walk around this planet locked in the matrix working a nine to five taking orders following a set of rules and regulations that they've been spoon fed since the day that they were born and 99.9% of these rules and regulations don't serve the human beings that play this game of life and they serve a chosen few and I want people to wake up so they can realize that they can make a choice and they can change the rules that they're playing they can create a new set of rules of rules a set of rules that serves them and their fellow brothers and sisters that are running around this planet. And it is a game, you know, it is a game. And we've got to realize that we shouldn't take it too seriously. We should have lots more fun and, you know, we should work less. We should create more, Mm. love more and, you know, just play the game how we want to play the game. And that is, for me, it's a a game where we kind of crumble the system that we've got, just locking us up at the moment and create a new way of being on this planet where we care, where we share, where we love, where we're kind, when we're compassionate. And we're not thinking about me, we're thinking about other people and how we can all, you know, interface together as energetic beings living in these avatars or these human bodies, you know, with the animals that are around and the trees and the wildlife, you know, we're all interacting together and we've just got to know that at the core of each of us is an energy source, and it's the same energy source and you know if I look into your eyes, you're no different from me you know and and, and the next man or the next woman we're just we're just lights manifested into human form, playing this game, and we're all the same, mm. we're all love, and that's what it boils down to it. keeps coming back to love wherever you look, wherever you turn, it's just unconditional love, it's light, it's energy, it's dance it's vibration
0: wonderful, and I, you know we're totally on the same wavelength because. Obviously, through these interviews, you know, we're our vision at Kitty Talks is to inspire a generation of change makers to follow their passion and purpose and make a difference on the planet. And like you, show people that they can live a different way and they don't they can do follow their passion, follow their love, and create a life that's in alignment with their soul.
1: Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I, I say to everybody, if I can change, you can change. I mean, I was a criminal, you know, I sm- tell us
0: a bit about your story.
1: Um, I mean, I was uh, I was fostered, adopted as a kid. Um, grew up as a very angry child. Um, played rugby as a child to kind of vent my emotions and my anger. Ended up getting banned for rugby when I was about 14 years of age, and then turned to drinking drugs. That was my answer, you know, go out, get drunk, you know, pop a few ecstasy tablets, get my whistle and my horn and travel around the English countryside, you know, going to raves. You know, the rave scene was rife when I was a kid, so. I was just with my friends, you know, partying like crazy. And, you know, I thought this was just going to be the rest of my life at the time. I thought it was wonderful, you know, not a care in the world. Moved out of home at a young age and, um, you know, kind of messed up my school. And I went to a grammar school, an all-boys school, which was, you know, apparently a really good school to go to, but it didn't really serve me at all. I just kind of rebelled, really, as soon as I got there. And then when I was at partying, During that time of my life, a couple of my mates died, one in a car crash, one from a drug overdose. And I thought to myself, you know, I need to get out of this situation, or I'm I'm either going to end up in prison or, you know, maybe dead. So I was blaming my my environment, you know, everyone was to blame apart from Jerry. You know, Jerry was just this kind of innocent, you know, human being that got wrapped up in it all. So uh, a, a chain of events led me to Tenerife in the Canary Islands. And my plan was to. Get away from England and away from all of the bad influences. But when I got to Tenerife, I ended up jumping from the frying pan and into the fire. And there was much more drugs, easier to get hold of. The influences around me were kind of at a much higher level in terms of danger and and the criminal fraternity. And I ended up working for a high profile criminal organisation. Um, started off like with a lot of fraud, like selling timeshare, and then moved into drugs. Um, running and then uh into human trafficking, trafficking men and women It's quite a all big jump. <laughs> of, yeah. And then a lot of like um sort of white collar crime, like um bank fraud, you know, which which I was really good at. You know, all of that stuff. I mean I I, I really enjoyed it. Um I was earning loads of money. I I was a young age, didn't have a care in the world, you know, no children. So yeah, I was just kind of just Traveling around um Europe making loads of cash and just living the what I thought was really the life of my dreams at the time, you know I didn't have anyone to answer to. I was hardly working many hours. it was just money just seemed Florence into my life, and that's all I cared about was fast cars, gold watches, you know nice clothes, you know going to nightclubs and drinking and all this sort of stuff and that was my life um and then I met uh, a lady um who was my kind of future wife to be We had our first child together. Um, Around that sort of time, uh, one of the bosses from our company got arrested, put in prison. And then a big sort of like gang um, sort of turf warfare started. People getting stabbed, shot, killed, put in prison. And I said to my missus, you know, we've got to get out of here because, you know, it's not just me anymore. It's you guys too. So we decided to move back to England. Um, But my... uh, future wife to be at the time didn't have a passport and she was from Romania so she, when she left her country she kind of like snuck out of her country and um when we got well when we had our daughter Alaya, um she couldn't get a passport either because my my because Laura didn't have a passport so mm. I had to smuggle Alea and Laura back into England so my kind of like criminal skills kind of came in a little bit handy there um so we got them back to England got married in England, then we set up a property business, um, we made millions doing that. And I was kind of turning my life around, getting away from what I was doing. And then the property business went, uh, went tits up and we kind of lost everything, we went from having millions um, to having pretty much nothing, getting kicked out of our home within the space of a couple of months. And I remember going to my mate's house and borrowed 50 quid to feed the family. And, uh, you yeah, know, going from having like sort of, you know, Lamborghinis and an office with 60 staff and loads of houses to having nothing to borrow money. It was a big jump. But it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, because shortly after that, I had my first spiritual experience. And, um yeah, it kind of sort of sent me on a different path, really. And I, I was so, so kind of material driven at the time. All I cared about was, you know, feeding my ego. I just wanted everything material, and I was never satisfied. I just wanted more. You know, one car wasn't enough, three cars weren't enough. Six houses weren't enough. Ten houses weren't enough.
0: And I was so, going to say, like looking back on that now, can you? Would you say that that was what's happening? You were living totally in your ego.
1: Oh, big time! Yeah, big time. You know, I was. I really didn't care who got in my way. I was. If someone got suffered, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, financially. Because of my actions along the way, for me getting what I wanted, it didn't care. It just kind of was like water off a duck's back. Um, and now when I look back on it all, you know, I just, I'm not, I don't wish that anything hadn't have happened. I don't I have no regrets at all. I'm glad it all unfolded the way that it did. It was part of my journey. But it, it, it buckles my stomach up and makes my t- stomach churn when I think about how I used to be. Mm. That's what I am now. So. Yeah, this experience happened. We got kicked out of our house. We ended up renting to, like a, a house um, in Surrey. Um, and this is where we had, you know, it was my first spiritual experience, which my ex-wife was involved in um, as well. I was watching TV one evening and she came downstairs and she looked really worried. And I said, what's the matter? And she said, well, every time I hit, I, I close my eyes, I hear all these dark images. or see all these dark images and hear all these dark voices. And I was looking at her thinking, you know, that's a little bit weird. Sounds a little bit strange. And in the end, I said, you know, what do you want to do about it? And she said, well, you know, I want to phone my friend. So she phoned a friend that was a priest. We had this priest come around our house. She started putting up, um, like, crosses. Like, she was dancing the haircuts and all this stuff. And I was sat there thinking, this is nuts. This is like something out of the poltergeist. So anyway, she's calmed Laura down. Laura's gone to bed. Next day, I've gone to see a mate of mine. And... I said, listen, you know, this really weird thing happened last night. And I said, what do you make of it? And he said, you need to phone this lady. So he gave me the name and the telephone number of the lady. I didn't know who she was. She lived the other side of the country, but I gave her a ring. She didn't answer and she called me back, you know, a little while later. I explained the story and she asked me where I lived. And I said, "Uh, 316 Richmond Road. That's all the address I gave her. And she said, "Hold, hold on a minute. So I'm waiting on the phone like this. And she says, have you been knocking any walls down? And I said, no, we actually rent the property, but the previous owner has definitely built an extension. And she said, yeah, 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 you've got an angry old man in your house. I'm thinking, an angry old man, what are you talking about? She said, yeah, you've got an angry old man. So I said, okay, well, let's pretend there is an angry old man in the house. What am I going to do about it? She said, well, I'll get rid of him for you. I said, brilliant, when are you going to come down to London and and, and get rid of him? She said, oh, I don't need to do that, I can do it from here. So I'm thinking, this is just getting (laughs) weird. So anyway, in the end, and we parted company on the telephone, I went home, I spoke to Laura, and I said, listen, I spoke to this lady about what happened last night, and she reckons there's an angry old man in the house. And Laura turned around to me and said, yeah, I know, I've seen him. So I thought, oh, okay, you've seen this angry old man, there's a lady who lives, you know, the other side of the country, she's telling me there's an angry old man, you've got no common friends, there must be some kind of underlying truth to this stuff. I phoned the lady back up and said, I don't know what you do, but I want to come and see you. So I went to see her. I had my first past life regression and I was hooked and I went every week um and then started going twice a week and then three times a week and I went, wow. and went into hundreds of other realities which I now know no, aren't really past lives they're parallel so I just discovered so much about myself um I was involved in a remote in, uh, remote viewing incident um around the same sort of time where I had everything that I would saw um everything that I saw and was validated by Scotland Yard so that gave me a lot of confidence in what I was kind of seeing and feeling and knowing and you know seeing these other realities and then I had an encounter um, with a reptilian whilst I was um, at a meeting in a house in Surrey I went to a talk about 2012 and this guy was giving me and my mates a talk and some other people that were there and I asked him a question and he turned around to me uh looked at me and his face disappeared and i was just face to face with a green lizard thinking what oh. you know and inside I, you know was burning up but on the outside i was trying to keep calm you know calm and collected but that happened and then wow. shortly after that i had um i was in a car crash in romania um where yeah
0: tell taxi- us about tell us about the car crash because that just sounds incredible like, i'd love for you to describe um So, obviously, one of the things that we talk about here is, you know, being in alignment with your soul. And obviously, so I'd love for you to describe what happened in the car crash.
1: Yeah, the car crash, I think, was probably one of the most profound experiences that I ever had. Um, I was asleep in the passenger seat of a taxi. Hmm. And the taxi, well, it it was going along. It was early in the morning. And I woke up and I heard the loud crash. There's, There's glass everywhere. There's wind everywhere. The car's swaying from side to side. And in my mind, I think, boy, we're in a bad accident. We're either going to hit the oncoming traffic or the car's going to flip over. And then all of a sudden, we came to a stop. I've looked at the taxi driver to my left. I've looked in the back, and our daughter, Alaya, is climbing out from underneath the driver's seat. Laura had our son, Josh, in her arms. Josh had been born by then. He was, I don't know, six months old, uh, maybe a little bit older. And both their mouths are full of glass. I've looked in front of me, and there's a big hole in the windscreen. And um, there was no other cars on the road. And my head, there was blood running down my face, but it wasn't my blood. And what had happened is the taxi um, had hit a lady, um, yeah. on that was crossing the road in the morning, and she came through the windscreen, smashed me in the face, then got sucked up and flipped over the car. The second lady that was crossing the road had her ankles cut off, and the third lady was physically okay. So I've got out of the car, I've walked up the road, I've seen these two ladies, uh, the one with her ankles cut off, there was a man on a, a telephone, who had come out from a nearby factory. So I thought, you know, we must have called emergency services. So I just walked past him and I was fixated on this lump on the floor, which looked like a dead body. I've walked towards it. I've got closer and closer and closer. And I got within about 10 meters and I've seen this lady's soul just hovering above her body, not with my mind's eye, but with my my physical eyes. Like she was there in this 3D reality, this like transparent energy source just hovering above her body. So it was like time just stood still. I've got closer and closer and closer, and this this soul just kind of really slowly fizzled off into the ether. And then I'm looking down at this lady. Her legs are wrapped up over her head, and it reminded me of someone taking an old car to the scrappy. Like the soul had no longer any use for this body. She so mm-hmm. was like, well, "I'm out of here, guys!" And boom, it had gone. No love lost, no emotions. Just it had gone on its that merry way. Strong. Yeah, it'd done its job you know, the vessel, it was useless now. It was completely obsolete, so it just left it. And that's what it looked like, There's this mess just left on the floor. And it really kind of hit home to me that we're just lights, we're energy, we're, we're we're so much more than our physical bodies. Our physical bodies are nothing without our consciousness, our spirit, our soul, our essence. Mm. So it's like the universe just smacking around the face and saying, come on, Jerry, wake up. You know, you need to get a grip, Sam. You need mm. to you know realise what we are at the core of our beings. And it was a few months after this that uh, my, my wife had a headache and i thought to myself if i could take it out of her head i don't know why i thought this but i just did and i've walked over to her she's lying on the bed i've put my hand on top of her head and i saw the headache it was green i've just grabbed it and just pulled it out of her head and she got up off the bed like she didn't have a headache and i thought you know i said it a little bit weird but i didn't really think anything else of it and then A little while after this, uh, we moved to New Zealand, and a friend of mine had a serious car accident. And her partner phoned up and said, Jerry, can you help? And I was like, well, how am I going to help? You know, I'm in New Zealand, you're in England. Uh, But my intuition just said, go and lie on the bed. Get your crystals and lie on the bed. So I put crystals on my different energy centers, lay on the bed. Then all of a sudden, I was inside a hospital room, and all of this light started pouring out of my hands. And I kind of just knew what to do. I started putting her body back together. And I did this, you know, every day for a couple of weeks. And she walked out of hospital with a frame in 12 weeks. And the doctors had said to her, you know, you might not ever walk again. You'll be in hospital for at least a year.
0: And do you think that accident was a catalyst then for these kind of higher energies to come in and through? Or how do you explain how the healing uh, power came in?
1: You know what? I, 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 I don't really know fully. I think what happened is it was a trigger like. I was in such a, a deep, dark, dense, like, 3D space in my world that there's no way that I could just be shown something minimal, bit, or, you know, something very subtle. Minimal. I needed a big smack around the face, and that's what I got in the car crash. Mm. You know, and see that spirit and see that soul, have the experience with the reptilian, to see it with my physical eyes. Like, all of the experiences I had, I didn't see with my mind's eye. They were there in my space with me. It was something that I couldn't knock. Yeah. I've my, had the same. In my mind's eye, I might have thought, ah, just my imagination.
0: Yeah.
1: But there was no way that I could knock any of this stuff. And and when this lady came out of hospital, I was still, you know thinking, is, is this my imagination? Did I really help her in this situation? But when she came out of hospital, she phoned me up and she said, Jerry, I woke up one night. I looked at the side of my bed and said, what are you doing here? She saw me. You know, I was in New Zealand, but she saw me in a hospital room and started speaking to me. So I started to realize that all of this imagination and stuff is actually reality in a different vibratory space. Mm. So I started exploring a bit more. And a, a, an old guy that I met, he had a pyramid in his garden. And I used to go around every day and, and meditate in it. And I had some amazing experiences in there. Um, like one day, Jesus appeared before me. Um, and all of my, my, both of my feet, they turned boards of fire. And he said to me, Jerry, you can walk wherever you want to go. Don't be scared. So that happened. And then these steps appeared by the side of him. And he walked up the steps. And I followed him up the steps and through a door. And we're in the Last Supper. And I was Matthew and I was looking around. Jesus is giving his Last Supper sermon. There's all these other people, there's loads of food. And I've looked out of the window and there's a massive extraterrestrial craft. And they were kind of just showing me, you know, um, the extraterrestrials have been around for a long, long, long time, way before human beings and they've always been there, some supporting us and some kind of, they're a bit more uh, malevolent and not supporting us, more trying to control us. So I had this experience, and then a couple of weeks later, I was meditating in the pyramid again, and a little space pod, the only way I can describe it, came and landed next to the pyramid, and I was meditating with my eyes open, my eyes weren't closed, I saw this thing, and I've gone and jumped inside of it, and there was a being inside of it, like it was hard to tell how tall it was until we got to where we were going to, but we traveled through this tunnel of light, and it lasted maybe three, four, five seconds, and then we came out of the other side, and we were hovering above a beach, and we were on a planet in the Alpha Centauri star system. I don't know how I know this. Yeah. But I knew yeah. this information when we got there, and when I got out of this spaceport, there was loads of beings. They were like six and a half, seven foot tall. They had no hair. They were blue, but a little bit gray, but... Kind of mostly blue. They were androgynous, neither male nor female. They had no clothes. They were they were very athletic looking, and they all came to meet me. And it was like going home. I felt very emotional, just full of love, full of peace, uh, very kind of teary at the same time. And I followed one of them. Uh, the, the, the the beings not on the beach. They kind of opened up and formed a tunnel. I followed one of these beings, and they took me into this light structure and it was like a building and when i got inside of it there was like this elder there or their chief. it's the only way i can describe it and i knelt down on the floor and this big orange download of light started pouring into my crown chakra and it had mm-hmm. lots of like code in it geometry uh, hieroglyphs but none of the hieroglyphs and geometry that you kind of see in textbooks i call it space geometry because it was patterns and shapes that were morphing and blending within the light and the, like like different kind of codes which i didn't really understand but this Pouring into my crown, and then it kind of just stopped. I don't even know how long it went on for. And then they frog marched me back to the space pod, and then boom, we were back in the back in the garden, and I was back in the in the pyramid, thinking, did that really just happen?
0: And you know? since that point, as your healing um, strength then got stronger, from because that to me sounds like it's almost like they're downloading information, and they're like a channel, for you're a channel for that energy.
1: Yeah, well, no, nothing, nothing happened for two years after that, and I was oh, thinking,
0: okay. is all this stuff like what
1: is going on? You know, like we set up a health and fitness centre in New Zealand, and it was going really, really well. And one day I woke up and I said to Laura and the kids, "We've got to go back to England." And they looked at me like like I was crazy. We've just gone to another country, we've set up a great business, yeah. and now we go back. But I persuaded them to go back to England. Then when we got back to England, um, a few things happened. I was out running one morning, and I saw some fairies flying around the tree. And I stopped and I'm looking at these fairies thinking, am I really seeing fairies? But they were there. And then an angel came down and the angel said, my name's Archangel Gabriel, you need to write a book. And I said, okay. And he said, it's called Into the Light. So I, I ran home and I just the book just came out of me. So it was a book called Into the Light about my spiritual journey and lots of different things that I've learned along the way. And once I'd finished reading it, I realized that it wasn't about, about getting the message out there so much. It was about what was happening to me whilst I was writing this book and the frequency that I was being tuned into. And as soon as that happened, I started seeing all of this space geometry. And it was the same geometry that I downloaded in the orange light two years before on the planet. Mm. So I was saying to my guys, what am I supposed to do with it? They said, meditate more. So my son and I were getting up every morning and we were meditating. And we were going to the, these ancient mystery schools underneath the pyramids. And we were sat in a classroom and we weren't the only people there. There were loads of other people. We were sat at desks. And there was a man at the front of the classroom, and he was getting all these ancient scrolls and scribes out. And on these uh, scripts and scribes, there were pictures, and it was the same pictures of the geometry that I saw floating through the air, same geometry that was in this orange download of light. And they were showing us how to use this to heal people. So we we went, we got up every morning at five o'clock for nine months, and went to this like these kind of like spaces, these schools, yeah. you know? and um. About about nine months later people just started coming into my life that needed help so I thought well let me just see if this stuff works and it was working so I thought you know let's go to a mind body spirit festival we went to one of those I offered loads of free healings everyone loved it and I thought maybe I can make some money out of this stuff so I just set the business up and as soon as I set it up, it just went whoosh um, the book came out of me um, we started training people in this stuff it's just gone through nothing to everything really quick
0: and what because obviously your path is incredible like i've had some pretty out there experiences myself but not not reptilian or aliens (laughs) they haven't come to me yet but for those people listening who are Maybe not confused, but they're not as clear. Obviously, it sounds to me like this has evolved. Your journey has really evolved. You were like given one piece and you were given the next. So what advice would you have for people listening who don't necessarily know what they're here to do and how they can make a difference, but they have got that calling inside of them?
1: You know, if if I knew what I knew then, like now then, I would just say follow your heart. You know, your heart is like a compass. And if you follow it, it's always gonna lead you in the direction of your dreams. The one thing you shouldn't do is think too much. Thinking's dangerous. You know, we overthink, we analyse and we end up like going in the wrong direction. The best thing to do is to follow our heart. Just whatever we feel inclined to do, move towards it. It doesn't mean that it's gonna be an easy road, but just move and follow your heart and it will take you into the space where you can, you know, discover your life purpose, your life mission. <laughs>
0: Mm, that's beautiful advice i bit, you know i've i've started trying to think with my heart <laughs> you know that someone described it to me rather than feel with your head and then think with your heart so
1: well, the heart is a brain yeah it is a brain and if we can link the mind and the heart together which is something i always do with my work once the mind and the heart are intrinsically linked everything becomes easy but most people are detached. The head and the heart are detached. And they're just going in two completely different directions. They don't know whether they're coming or going.
0: And that's exactly what we want to do with these interviews, is it inspire people and encourage people and show by hearing you know, your journey. Your, you've just described what has happened, happened to you. When you have followed your heart, it's to give people that faith and that um, inspiration that they can do it too, basically.
1: You've got to trust. You know, You've yeah. got to trust. You've got to trust yourself you've got to trust your feelings and just go with it and whatever happens whether you follow your feelings and you think this was a mistake because something's happened that's okay because you were supposed to learn that lesson to go on to the next stage of your journey just be grateful and welcome everything that's in your environment
0: oh jerry thank you so much really enjoyed talking to you today um you're doing a a big event aren't you that i'd love to help raise awareness for um, tell us a bit more about the event you're doing in Manchester, because I'm sure there'll be people listening that will want to get involved.
1: Yeah, so we, we, we've got loads of events like all the way through 2017. And if you go to the website, which is starmagichealing.com forward slash events, you're going to be able to find that about all the events and trainings that we've got going on. But next March in 2018, uh, we've hired the monastery, which is probably one of the most incredible Venues uh, that you'll ever set foot inside. um It's connected to all of the major sites around the world. I'm in mean, Glastonbury, uh, the pyramids at Giza. Um, it's connected to Peru. It's connected to Manchester. It's on the Michael and Mary ley line. The place is completely geometrical. The energy and the power inside of it is just mesmerizing. So we've hired it next year. This, I think it's the 17th and 18th March, and we're doing a two-day uh, meditation workshop where we're going to heal the planet and elevate consciousness. Uh, There's 405 spaces available. Uh, It's just going to be mega, mega powerful. Uh, All of our workshops are super powerful, but in an arena or a venue like this, it's just going to be turbocharged. So if you want to expand yourself and elevate your frequency and go deeper and deeper into your own cosmic heart, then be at that event. Go to starmagichealing.com forward slash events and check it out. If you book your place before June this year, the tickets are 40% off. There's a big early bird discounts.
0: We are going to have all the details of Jerry, his website, his events in our show notes. So don't worry, you'll be able to find Jerry and connect with Star Magic Healing. But, Jerry, thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining us this afternoon and sharing your wisdom.
1: Thank you, Kitty. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you for, for everyone else who's watching.
0: And we will see you again next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Kitty Talks. Be sure to head over to our kittytalks.com website. Become a member of our exclusive club and you'll get free interviews and access to our private Facebook group. Exclusive webinars and secret success interviews. See you there.